What is up, guys? This is the Patty Ball here with Sam Tidrick Schmidt. Okay, I got that right. Um, back again for I don't, how many episodes have we done? I don't even know at this point. All I know is that this is the second episode of officially being called Sunday Morning Hoops. Yeah, new name. Thanks for reminding me, Sam. I was about to say semi-pro NBA show. So that would not be accurate. <laughs> um, yeah. We are very excited to be back. Um, got a lot to talk about. Sam, I want to hear your thoughts first. Just Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Instant reaction, even though the game happened almost a week ago. Instant. Los Angeles Lakers, congratulations. You now have another championship. Another banner up in the rafters of Staples Center. But it doesn't belong to the Clippers yet again. Yet again, it's going to be gold and purple. This team was overpowering everybody. No series went beyond six games. No series was ever really in doubt. The Los Angeles Lakers owned these playoffs, owned this series. Despite the best efforts of one Jimmy G Buckets, it wasn't quite enough. LeBron James balled out. Anthony Davis balled out. Everybody balled out. The Lakers have earned another championship. Congratulations, Laker Nation. Yeah, and I mean, i just like to point out that I actually picked them uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, Sam, who did you pick again? I believe I went with uh, I went with a Clippers Buck series. I was trying to be a little oh. out there, be a little uh, trying to be trying to get a little a little hipster pick going, if you will. Oh, but how'd that know, work out? Chalk as usual is what always seems to work out. Just like it always seems to be a one seed in the uh, NCAA tournament. Yet again, it's a one seed here in the playoffs. Yeah, well, maybe you should predict better next time and actually get the prediction right. Although I'm, I did pick the Raptors to go to the finals, but oh, yeah, I did not didn't foresee one Jimmy G buckets going on an absolute tear. But Game Five of this series was awesome, and to get the Game Six that we got was a little bit disappointing to me. I mean, it was just the Lakers dominating. They had a thirty point lead at one point in the first half. It was it was just a clinic. It was just easy for them. That was. I had not seen that Lakers team since Game Two, because Games Three, Four, Five were all pretty contested. I would say up down to last few minutes, but Game Six, not the way I wanted to see the series end. I, I mean, I'm I'm happy LeBron got another ring. I'm a big LeBron guy, but just disappointing. I would I thought it would have been a, a fun game. All signs pointed to it being a fun game. Uh, Dragic was back, although I'm not sure what that means because I don't think he really had the the best performance, which is understandable, coming off a big injury. Uh, five points on two of eight shooting. It's, I mean, I'm not saying it's his fault, but that's just what you get when you're coming off a big injury. Um, yeah, LeBron. LeBron is just a freaking beast, man. Triple-doubled game six. Again. What can the dude not do? Sam, I'm asking you. What can the dude not do? There's not a whole lot, I think, pretty clearly that LeBron can't do. As you mentioned, a triple-double, 28 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, and 41 minutes of play. LeBron really hadn't, didn't have to go very hard in these playoffs until the finals. And when the finals came around, he showed up, was his normal self, got another finals MVP. Think about this. LeBron James, in four finals wins, four finals MVPs. That's truly impressive. He's won three different, in three different cities, he's won a finals MVP. I don't think anyone could say that other than maybe you, Sam. I know you've won a couple of finals MVPs in your day, but... Um, I've got a couple that, in my back pocket. A couple that I don't really show off, but I, they're there. But LeBron, I, I, I know we always debate MJ and LeBron, but I think we just kind of need to stop and just reflect on 
how great LeBron is and just maybe appreciate that while it's still here instead of bickering about it and saying, it's a Mickey Mouse ring or it doesn't count. They had a long layoff. This, this, was, this still counts as a ring, people. It doesn't matter that it's in a bubble and that they didn't play for four or five months. That makes it even harder, possibly, that LeBron had to go a long time without seeing his family and Bronny and... It's it's just I'm not saying this is the most challenging ring ever, but it's it still counts as a legitimate ring. And LeBron has been to ten finals now, eight in a row, not including this one. I think we just need sometimes need to step back and realize that LeBron James is freaking awesome at the game of basketball, much like Michael Jordan, uh, Kyle Kuzma, the greats. <laughs> Kyle, if you're listening, uh, you tried, buddy. You tried. And what I will say about LeBron James is I think I would argue this is probably the second most difficult finals he ever had had to play in just because of the circumstance involved with it. I think obviously the, the most difficult was 2016 when he was able to beat the most winning team of all time as made a lot of us very, very happy to see. But what I will say is that this was extremely difficult. Being away from your family, being away from your normal routine, being away from normalcy is going to be extremely difficult for anybody let alone these NBA players who are definitely not used to that, who are used to being able to have a playoff series where, yeah, half the time you're in a hotel room, the other half the time you're in your bed. You're able to go home to your own house at night. You're able to eat in your own kitchen. That probably feels really, really good, especially during a playoff series. That was unavailable to these guys. I think it's a truly impressive NBA Finals series. I think both teams worked exceptionally hard to get there. I know that's kind of cliche, but it's true. But the fact of the matter is the Lakers were the better team. The Lakers were the better team the entire playoffs. Whether they were playing Portland, Houston, whether they were playing Denver or Miami, they were the better team all along, and it was never really that close. Yeah, they certainly displayed their dominance throughout the playoffs. I mean, a 16-5 record is very respectable. I mean, it's not the best playoff record all time, but it's, it's, it's pretty strong. Losing an average of a little over one game per series, that's... That's freaking awesome. And even though we didn't get the Lakers-Clippers matchup we wanted, I don't I don't know if that would have been as good as we anticipated. I mean, these Lakers were on a mission. They lost, again, five games out of 21, which is un, just amazing. And I think we, we need to give these Lakers their props. Like, they played a very strong series. Anthony Davis had a very solid series as well. I mean, game three kind of... Took him out of the finals MVP race a little bit, but he still had a very strong series, and he showed up again in game six with uh, 19 and 15. Uh, just He's just great, too. I mean, this this Lakers team, we always talked about them needing a third guy, and I mean, even though Contavious Caldwell-Pope had a great finals and a solid playoffs, sometimes at times they didn't need a third guy. You can just rely on how dominant LeBron and AD have been throughout these playoffs, and that's a luxury not a lot of teams have had, and... I mean, that's one of the big reasons why the Lakers are sitting here NBA champions right now. But, Sam, I know I know we've talked a lot about Jimmy G Buckets on this pod, but can you give us some thoughts on his how he played in these finals and playoffs as a whole? But to wrap up, wrap up Jimmy G. Jimmy G was incredible in these playoffs. 12 points, I think, was one of his worst outputs in Game 6 to go along with 7 rebounds and 8 assists. He still filled up the stat sheet quite nicely in 45 minutes of play. After the Game 5 he had, you had to imagine that guy would just be absolutely gassed, and he was. I don't really blame him for this Game 6 loss. I just look at Miami as a team that stretched their luck as far as it would go. But everybody's run comes to an end. There's only one team that's able to win their last game of the season 
especially a good team. Winning the last game of the season is all that really matters. And the Lakers were that team. Miami, go out, look to see what's available in free agency. Go see if maybe there's a trade to be made for one Greek freak. But all I'm going to say is that Miami, you did a very, very good job. Bam Adebayo played a very, very solid game six. He had 25 points and 10 rebounds. 10 from Duncan Robinson, 12 from Crowder and buckets apiece. Everybody did what they could for Miami, but eventually your luck runs out, and it did in game six for Miami. And I would like to clarify for our listeners really fast. Uh, when Sam says Jimmy G, he does not mean Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he actually means Jimmy Butler. I mean, as good as Jimmy Garoppolo has been, we're talking about Jimmy Butler here. Jimmy, Jimmy anyway, Buckets. Jimmy Garoppolo Buckets. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I am totally with you. Miami played an awesome series. Everybody played very well, except for Tyler Hero. I thought Tyler Hero had a very lame series. I was not pleased with the way he played throughout the series. I mean, he had a couple okay games here and there. But, I mean, including game six, seven points on three of ten shooting. Dude, I need to see better shooting numbers from a guy who shoots. Like, I mean, he can drive, but that's where he got his – he shoots. That's where a lot of his points come from. And But everybody else on the, on the Heat – Props, major props. You should not have even been in the series after game one with all those injuries, but you made it uh, competitive games three through five. Um, it made the finals a lot more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be after game one, but even though the Lakers took home the crown, the Miami Heat, especially if they can get a Greek freak in there or another star, maybe via trade, free agency, they're, they're a team to watch for the next few years and beyond. I'm really excited to see what they can put together next year, but... We wrapped up the finals. Now let's wrap up the playoffs as a whole really fast, Sam. Um, earlier before the show, I asked you to give me your favorite team, favorite player, and favorite series from the Western Conference side of the bracket. What did you come up with? Well, I hate to be boring, but for team, I had to go with the Los Angeles Lakers. They blew through all of the competition. It was never close. As you mentioned, a 16-5 and record in the playoffs. That's absolutely unbelievable. Just to... Anybody who's able to win 16 games, that means you have a championship. That automatically means that it's impressive no matter what, but only five losses. A really, really, really incredible job there from the Los Angeles Lakers. A player? I'm going to go with Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray was absolutely dominant in these playoffs, save for just a couple of games maybe where he wasn't quite as great as everybody thought he could be. But really, if we're looking at his numbers, it's so impressive in the first round alone, he had a 32-point game, excuse me, a 36-point game, a 50-point game, another 50-point game, a 42-point game. In the second round series against the Clippers, he had a 26-point game, 21-point game, 40-point game. And then even against the Lakers, he balled out 21 points, 25 points, 28 points, 32 points, 19 in their game five loss. Jamal Murray grew as a player in front of our eyes in the bubble. I think he is on the all-bubble team, in my opinion, especially all-bubble playoff team. I don't think it's really a question how impressive he was. Jamal Murray, you're my player of the NBA bubble playoffs, on the Western side at least. For a series, I think this is a series that you'll be able to talk about more than I am because I'm sure you watch just about every game of it, but Oklahoma City-Houston, I know it's a first-round series, but my goodness, that was a fun seven-game series. It was back and forth. At first, it looked like the Rockets were going to blow out Oklahoma City going up 2-0. Oklahoma City came back behind a surge from Chris Paul. They were able to push their way back, make it a seven-game series. It was a whole lot of fun. Unfortunately, the next series the Rockets were involved in, 
wasn't as fun, but this one was. My series of the playoffs in the West, Oklahoma City versus Houston. All great picks. I liked the last one, even though the last one was disappointing how it ended. But um, since you're not even going to ask me to do mine, I'll just do mine because it's a little impolite uh, that you're not asking what mine are. But I'll, I'll just do it anyways. Well, why don't you go ahead? Please give me your team from the East, player from the East, and series from the East. Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'll do that. Thanks. Um, team, I don't care how boring this is. The Miami Heat, nobody predicted them to make the finals. Everybody at least that I talked to and that I heard Bucks, maybe Raptors were the top two teams that could get in the finals. But Miami played an amazing playoffs on the east side. They blew past Indiana in the first round. They mostly blew past Milwaukee. They were up 3-0 in that series. Not a lot to worry about if you're a Heat fan. Um, conference finals. Dropped a couple games to, to Boston, but still, I, I felt like that series was, after they went up 3-1, there was never really in doubt again. And they put up a great fight against the Lakers. I don't care how boring it is. Part of it has to do with a lot of the East teams are disappointing in the playoffs, say for the Celtics, but teams like the Bucks, the Raptors, just disappointed. So Miami's able to pounce on that, and they are my team of the playoffs from the Eastern side of the bracket. And if I had to pick a player, other than Jimmy G. Buckets, Who's a great pick? Um, I'm gonna go with Jason Tatum. I mean, he didn't have like he didn't have the Jamal Murray level performances where he's putting up 50, 45, but he still had some very solid games. I only had three games in his entire playoff run under 20 points, which is very solid, especially for a guy third year guy. Um, he was kind of the steadying force for the Celtics in, a, in times where Kemba Walker wouldn't necessarily show up at every game. Jalen Brown would have on and off nights. Um, he was kind of the guy who, hey, I'll give you 25 a night. It's it's not going to be a flashy 25, but I, I really like the way he played, and I think it kind of solidified his position as a star in the NBA, not quite a superstar yet. But I was always hesitant to give him that star label, but I think after these playoffs where he showed he can lead a team at least to the conference finals, almost to the NBA finals, I got to give it to him. And... My series, this was, again, a really easy pick. There were not a lot of great series in the Easter Conference, but that Raptors-Celtics series, wow. Game one, blowout in favor of the Raptors. Game two, I mean, Celtics, excuse me. Yeah. Game two, close win for the Celtics. Game three, uh, that OG and OE buzzer beater, which was insane, win for the Raptors. Game four, another competitive win for the Raptors. Game five, not as competitive win for the Celtics. Game six, two overtime win for the Raptors. Game seven, close win for the Celtics. That was just a fun series. I always wanted to tune into that series. There were not a lot of East series that I was as intrigued with as this one. This one was just fun. You had big performances from Lowry, the occasional big performance from Siakam. You had lots of big performances from Jason Tatum. You had big shots from Cardiac Kemba, even when he wasn't playing his best. I was just really pleased with this series. I really had a fun time catching as many of these games as I could, but... Those are my picks. Again, thank you for asking, Samuel. I'm really glad you asked me. Anytime, Patrick. Anytime. But I think that's kind of official 2020 season wrap-up, I guess you could call it. Anything else you'd like to add before we move on in our show, Sam? Anything else about anything that happened in the bubble or whatever? I'll just say the one most impressive thing was that the bubble worked. I'm not sure how many people thought necessarily that it was going to work out, and it worked perfectly. There were no issues. 
no COVID-19 cases, at least that were released to the public as far as we know. I think that it worked just about as well as you could ever hope so. And I just got to tip my hat to Adam Silver for saying, great job. You had a very unprecedented situation, and you did the very best you could, and it worked. Good job, NBA. Yeah, I think when the two worst situations you have with the bubble are Lou Williams leaving to go get hot wings with Jack Harlow at a strip club and somebody picking up takeout food by walking outside the bubble, I think you've done a great job. And especially with all that's going on in the MLB and the NFL right now and the college football world, where there are a lot of cases popping up, it seems like, every day now. I commend the NBA for a tremendous atmosphere and... It's awesome. Oh, I forgot to mention the Daniel House incident. Is one I was about ones. to say Daniel House incident. <laughs> How could I forget? But moving on, we've got some front office news-ish. Let's start with the Clippers. They hired their new guy. Um, pretty underground coaching name, Tyron Lou. I don't know if anybody really knows him. He hasn't really won a title or anything. Oh, wait, he has. Um, Sam, initial thoughts on the hire. Good hire? Bad. I don't mind it. I always consider Ty Lue the type of guy who deserves to be a coach in the NBA. He seems like somebody who has the know-how, he has the intelligence, he has the experience. He's been stepped over by Allen Iverson before. Like, I mean, he's got a, he's got all he's got all the essentials. He's got everything you need. I think honestly, he is a a decent coach. I think that he definitely probably got the benefit of being able to have LeBron James on his team at one point, but he's inheriting a really strong situation. He's inheriting Kawhi Leonard. He's inheriting, for now at least, Paul George and the rest of that team, Damari Harrell, Lou Will, Patrick Beverly. I think it's a solid situation to step into, and I think that he's a coach that's proven that he knows how to win in the playoffs, and I think that's exactly what the Clippers are looking for. Yeah, I think, to me, this move is a safe move it's if you've got a fast break and you choose to lay it up you don't try to do something flashy you just go for the safe option i don't think Ty Lue is a bad nba coach i mean he has a title on his resume i mean even though people could say le gm helped him out whatever um he still has a title on his resume and i think much like he inherited a great situation in cleveland he's got another great situation here and i think especially if the clippers can bring in a veteran point guard or a veteran presence in that locker room to help them out in the terms of leadership and maybe point guard production. Uh, I think we've got a title contender here, just like we did this year. And I don't I don't know if I'm ready to say that Ty Lue is a better coach than Doc Rivers, but I might say that Ty Lue is a better playoff coach than one Doc Rivers. As, as we have discussed, I am not a huge Doc Rivers playoff coaching fan. But I, I'm okay with the hire. Not something I'm like, wow, this is a title hire immediately. But... It's a solid hire. It kind of keeps them in a similar position to where they were now. I still think they need to add that point guard or a veteran presence. But um, I'm okay with the move. And, yeah, Sam, what do you think the Clippers need to do, along with this hire, to maybe make that extra push to being a title team? I think the team just needs another year to develop. I think that Kawhi Leonard is one of the premier players in the NBA. I think that Paul George is a good second option. I think that they have a, they've got decent depth. I think Zubats is just going to be better next season. He's going to develop even more. I still think that they are a very, very solid basketball club. I just think that they need more time together, more time to gel. And I think that a uh, switch up in coaching style might help them. Okay, another question that's popped in my head. What do you think they're going to do with Montrez Harrell? He's a free agent. He did not have a strong playoffs. There were lots of times 
in that Nugget series where he got played off the court, it seemed. Uh, do you think they're going to bring him back, or do you think they're going to let him walk? Look, you can have a bad playoff series or two. If you're still the sixth man of the year, you're the sixth man of the year. It's still impressive, you know? It's still a very illustrious award. Now, I would love to bring a guy like that into my team. I know that. I'm sure that you would love to have a guy like that on your team as well. I'm sure there will be a lot of suitors for him. I'm not sure if the Clippers will necessarily be able to afford him. That being said, I think it would be silly for them not to try to bring him back in. Yeah, I think it would be a very questionable move if they didn't try to bring a six-man of the year, even though I think Dennis Schroeder should have won. Uh, not biased. No bias there. No bias. But I, um, I'm totally with you. they got to bring him back. If they don't, they're going to have to find some production from I don't even know who would be the backup center if Harrell wasn't there. <laughs> but um one more front office hire I want to I want to throw out to you here. Uh or rather not hire uh Daryl Morey stepping down as Rockets GM. Uh had a very successful tenure. He brought Harden in, he brought Chris Paul in. He brought Westbrook in. I guess that's a successful move. I don't know what you want to call that. Um what are your thoughts there? What do you think? Do you do you like this move? As a, if you're a Rockets fan, put yourself into being a Rockets fan right now, even though that's probably annoying and nobody would yeah. like you. Um, Rockets fan, you hear this news along with D'Antoni leaving. What do you? What are your thoughts right now? Boom, top of the head, go. I think the Rockets are ready for this move. I think Rockets fans are ready for this move. I'm not sure if they'll necessarily bring be able to bring in somebody better, but I think they'll be able to bring in somebody who is as good without the necessary stink on them that comes with the Daryl Morey. He made some really good moves, but he's also had some very questionable moves in his career too. A lot of NBA fans blame him for the reason Carmelo Anthony was blackballed for almost two full seasons from the NBA. I think that the Rockets have been in a kind of stagnant place for a while now. They've been losing in the second round or the conference finals pretty regularly over the last three or four years. They've been not bad enough to get a good draft pick, but they haven't been good enough to make it to the finals by any means. I think that the Rockets were ready to switch some things up. I think they're ready to try something else. Do I think it'll necessarily work? I don't know, but I think that they're ready for change. Yeah, I mean, I just before I start, I'm a big Daryl Morey guy. I've liked him a lot. I like a lot of the moves he's made. Uh, I like his an emphasis on analytics. I'm a big analytics guy. I like shooting percentages and true shooting stuff and all that nerdy stuff. But I'm kind of with you. I, they have been stagnant. I, I mean, I wouldn't say they're an NBA purgatory because they're not like the Orlando Magic purgatory level, but they're they're in a state of just stuck they're like a record that keeps skipping uh second round loss second round loss conference finals loss even though they should have won the 2018 conference finals if they had a healthy chris paul but i think this they along with the especially after d'antoni left i mean you kind of got to continue that switch but uh, one more one more question for you about this this move do you think this means the rockets are moving into a rebuild I think that whoever inherits their situation will try to keep what they have going, at least the James Harden, what Russell Westbrook aspect of it. There were times this season when that really, really worked. But I think that if there was a rebuild on the horizon, it's closer now than it has been over the last five years. Okay, okay. And 
Let me throw. I just thought of another question off the top of my head. I hope you're okay with all these questions. Absolutely. I, mean, I love them. Okay. 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 Cool. Just wanted to make sure that you weren't feeling pressured because no I know pressure. you You don't make a lot of good basketball points. So I just wanted to make sure you were okay with your stupid takes getting out here on the internet. But, <laughs> um, see, now I blank my question. I, I, that's karma for me making fun of you. That's karma. But, whatever um if you were the rockets say you were hired as the rockets gm what do you do with that roster what say you got three moves what three moves are you gonna make first and foremost i respect the small ball but that being said i kind of want to bring somebody in who can defend the paint just because when you have pj tucker trying to guard anthony davis we saw how well that turned out we really did. Number two, James Harden is improving, but still there's kind of a need for more in the defensive backcourt. I'm not saying that I necessarily want to get rid of a guy like Russell Westbrook, but I think that a I think that a point guard who is more defensive minded might be an improvement for that team, especially one who can still shoot. Lastly, I think more bench depth would be necessary. I think especially at the at the three and the four, they could definitely go for a little bit more depth there. That's what I'm going to look for. Maybe that's what I look for in the draft. Maybe I try to reach for a guy, maybe trade up for a guy. I'm not necessarily sure if it would necessarily work, but if I'm the Rockets GM, that's what I'm trying to do. Okay. All great points for once. Um, all right. That's all of our topics today. Sam, any last notes? Any whatever? Anything? Anything? Question mark. You can obviously, and I when I say obviously, I mean obviously to the most obvious extent as I could. As I try to stall while I wait for my internet to load up, clearly. First and foremost, everybody, please like, rate, review, subscribe, all of that stuff. Sunday Morning Hoops, we are out here. We do our thing every Sunday, even in the off season. I'm very excited to announce that we will have a lot of basketball talk coming your way. We're going to be taking care of season wrap-ups for every single team, 10 teams at a time, up until the NBA draft, and then we're going to have our own little mock draft. That'll be a good time. You can follow... Our host here at Lapatty Ball. Follow him everywhere. He's a great follow. It's a good time. You can follow me as well at Samuel101TS. Please be sure to do that because more steaming hot takes are coming your way every single day, every single week from the two of us. Patrick, do you got anything else before we get out of here? I will say that shout out to Sam for suggesting that we start posting clips because we've doubled our viewership rate already I'm not going to specify from what to what uh, 6 to 12 um, yes. which is still it's growing. growth it's growth I'm digging it um, and I'm very excited because it felt like for the first few months of this podcast we've just been talking what everybody else is talking about and now I feel like with this off season we can start to talk about some things that are a little more new, unique to us and to what we want to kind of fill the time with in this off season. And I'm pretty excited to get started on the wrap ups and a mock draft and top 10 lists on uh, no spoil. I won't spoil anything for future episodes, but 
Yeah, Sam. Thank you as always. I'm a little. I'm on the road actually right now. I'm in Corvallis. Shout out Peter Kroon, um, whose house I'm staying at. But this was still a great episode. It's always great to see your face. I mean, maybe talk to you, not see your face specifically. But Sam, thank you. It's always a pleasure. Um, yeah, everybody have a great week. No basketball, but go go do something with your lives. Maybe don't sit on the couch and watch basketball or football all day like some people. Have a good one, folks.